passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. Barry, we got to do a special welcome to the Dash Radio listeners. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the show. Because we are now on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, Barry. I've been told not to refer to this as a podcast. Okay. What do we refer to it as? Just a, a show? Anything else. The show. <laughs> the program. Any other regulations? Oh, uh, yeah. We'll get to those, actually. <laughs> oh, great. So every Wednesday now at 11 a.m. Eastern, we are on, like I said, the NBA Dash Radio Nothing But Net channel. And as always, we'll be available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Barry, I want to take the time right now, since maybe we have some new listeners, to remind everyone that all of season one, which was last year's inaugural season of the Hard Nick's Life show, <laughs> is available on SoundCloud. Great episodes like... The Nightmare at Madison Square. Remember that, Barry? Oh, yes. That was the night Chris Dapps went down with that injury. Barry and I re reacted to finding out the news live. There's also some various Knicks meditations to help you all get through the season on there. And uh, the very famous Fuck You, LeBron episode. Everyone's favorite. Speaking of that, actually, when I put the news out on Twitter that we were going to be airing the show on the Nothing But Net channel... Yeah. One of our listeners said, so no more F-bombs? Oh. <laughs> and I responded, more F-bombs than ever. Do you know how long it took for the Nothing But Net channel guy, the guy who does their Twitter, to respond to that? Did he even respond to it? Yeah, he DM'd me and said, we'd prefer you don't do more F-bombs than ever. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's a hard Nick's life. I can't make any promises on that. And uh, he said, okay, I understand. <laughs> so more F-bombs than ever, Barry. <laughs> okay. Another reminder, the Knicks Film School and Posting and Toasting Knicks Viewing Party is on November 2nd at 8.30 in the evening. It's a Knicks-Mavs game. We're going to all meet up at Slattery's Midtown Pub. That's at 36th and 8th. Knicks Fan TV will be there. Nick of Time will be there. Barry and Craig from Hard Nick's Life will be there. All the guys from Nick's Film School, all the guys from Posting and Toasting. 10% of all sales are going where, Barry? Garden of Dreams. Can we say right? that officially now? I, I, I think so. I think we can. <laughs> the Garden of Dreams. And there may be, I'm not going to say definitely, but the rumor is, is that there will be some giveaways from the Garden of Dreams as well. Well, when you say giveaways. Like, uh, like a raffle. Right. You may have to fork up a little bit of a donation, you know, right. a couple of bucks to get a raffle ticket. Right. There's no cover. So you could come, spend no money, and just watch a game. That's right. With all your Knicks pals. All your Knicks pals that you've never met before, but you've listened to our voices. Mm. Mm. Seat Geek, Barry. Oh, how could we forget Seat How could we forget about Seat Geek? For those of you who have never used SeatGeek, use it. And if you use it to buy any tickets of any kind, use our promo code HARDNIXLIFE, all caps, no spaces. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. And uh, you should definitely do that. Right, Barry? That's right. Do it. It is a hard Nick's life. This is season two, episode 14. Life as a Knicks fan has never been easy. We've been tortured for decades by a franchise that never seems to get it right. 
The Knicks most of us fell in love with. You know, those tough, defensive-minded, willing-to-do-whatever-it-takes Knicks. The squads that fought tooth and nail for everything they got. The ones that had coaches hanging from legs of opposing players. Oakley, Mason, Starks, Ewing. Those Knicks represented everything our city stood for. But since we traded away the big guy, the greatest Nick of all time, our franchise has become a joke. Over the past 18 seasons, we've had only five playoff appearances, seven playoff wins, and just four winning seasons. But now, 19 years later, something feels different. We've got a front office finally committed to rebuilding the right way. We've got a new coach who is connecting with our players and our city. And we've got a roster filled with youth and potential. Oh, and big-time free agents are starting to list us amongst the teams they actually want to play for. But let's face it, we are Knicks fans. We go into every season with the feeling that maybe, just maybe, this year will be different. But we've been fooled before. So until it actually is different? Until those free agents start signing on the dotted line. Until our lottery picks become everything we think they can become. And until the team that takes the floor shares the same passion that we have. Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. This is Bart. I'm from DC. Hey guys, this is Manny from Stanford. Fan since the early 90s. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks life. Knicks life. Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. What's up, guys? On the show today, we got Yaron Weitzman from Bleacher Report. He's going to break down the first four games of the season, tell us who he's surprised by so far, and what we can expect in the coming weeks. Barry and I are going to be doing a little bit of the same thing, talking about the first four games, who's playing well, who isn't, do we like what Fizdale's been doing so far, is a starting lineup change imminent. We'll talk a little bit about the Clarence Gaines Versus Mario Hazonia. Conflict, Barry? Yeah, that, I mean, we'll get into it, but I'm just surprised how much it like escalated from, you know, like one little thing and just kept rolling. Everybody jumped on it. All right, Barry, let's just get into it. Yeah, let's do it. I feel like it's been forever, man. Four, four games. We, we haven't done a podcast since the night before opening night. Season started off on a high. We had that big blowout win against Atlanta. Scored 126 points. Since then, we've lost three in a row. Barry, since we have maybe like two or three new listeners on Dash Radio, <laughs> two or three thousand, mil- what do you, what do you think? You, you would you would you have to bet it's two or three, two or three hundred, two or three thousand, or two or three trillion? <laughs> well, I'm gonna knock out two or three trillion right now. Because um, you know, there's not that many people on Earth, so that's an easy, an easy <laughs> right. throwaway. Okay. You know, I was always taught to pick out the answer that is least likely. It you know, usually you throw in one that's just absurd. So that's the absurd one, right? So now that leaves me with two or three, two to three hundred, two to three thousand, and was there a two to three million? No, I just skipped ahead to trillion because I realized how oh, wow. ridiculous okay. it was that I was All even. Right. I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with two to three. I'll guess two to three. <laughs> I'm going to guess two to three also. No offense to Dash Radio. Hey, it's a growing commodity. It's a growing platform. I mean, you think that could get us kicked off of Dash Radio for even saying that? Who cares? That's not right. Should I, should, I, should I set the scene for you, Barry, so they all know what's going on here? Set the scene. All right. Dash Radio listeners, and to any new listeners, I want you to imagine, right, close your eyes. Imagine yourself in a very nice middle-class neighborhood on Long Island beautiful tree-lined streets, beautiful green grass. It's the evening because that's when Barry and I usually record these podcasts. We are separate, by the way. Record these shows, Craig. Oh, sorry. Record these shows. Thank you, Barry. In the evenings, crickets are chirping. Right, Barry? I'll bring in a little sound effect here. It's early evening. We enter the house. Very nice house. Barry's wife is snuggled up in bed all alone. The heat is on keeping everyone warm. The kids are fast asleep. Then we walk down the steps into the basement, a very nice basement. And in the bathroom, sitting on a chair in the bathroom, we have Barry, 
speaking into a microphone about the Knicks to his very good friend, Craig, who is where, Barry? Well, Craig Axelrod, you are also on Long Island. Hold on. Can you stop saying my full name, please? (laughs) Sure. Because after you said that a couple shows ago, I had some Facebook friend requests from some people. And I want to say this to everybody. Please do not be offended when I don't accept your friend requests. Because I do not mix Facebook with strangers. And even, even though we all love the Knicks... You're all fucking strangers. No offense. And I can't have that. Okay, so Barry, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, there is a difference between Twitter strangers and Facebook strangers. I'll give Huge you that. difference. I mean, you get <laughs> Facebook is such a personal thing, right? Right. right. Anyway, so please stop that. <laughs> okay, Craig. <laughs> Much better. Um, so Craig, also in a lovely neighborhood on the North Shore of Long Island. That's as far as I'll go. Okay. In a beautiful home, on a quiet street, we enter his house. <laughs> I was going to say beautiful home again, but I don't want to repeat myself. We yeah, go you're overdoing the living room. it with the beautifulness. <laughs> and upstairs, his wife is doing whatever your wife may be doing. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think she goes to bed early like my wife. I have a feeling. I'm guessing. Um, I'm pretty sure right now that there's some sort of real housewives on up there. Okay. Which I'm so, and, which I'm so sad I'm missing. <laughs> Two kids, one Barry, sleeping come, and the other Barry, one trying to climb out of can you get a little crib. less personal right now? <laughs> Do you have to break down every... What are you going to give, like, my social security number? Right. Um, in an office in the back of the house, <laughs> and definitely a studio setup much more professional than mine with no toilet or shower inside that room. Um, but a fancy control panel professional microphone big leather throne of a chair is where this hardcore Knicks fan does his show from there's no leather leather chair what kind of seat is that is that leather that seat no it's one of these like very nice desk chairs since I sit in here so much but right you know it's not leather it's like rubber and metal and fabric and uh you know what you should know about Craig is he's been a hardcore Knicks fan for his whole life. Okay, they all listen to the open. So season that was the old open, I think. And then season tickets he had through the nineties. His favorite player is Frank Nilakina. That's not necessarily <laughs> true, but I do I beg to differ. I do love Frank. <laughs> and he loves busting my balls. That is my favorite part of this whole thing. Busting balls, which is fun. Like we said, it's been a week and a lot has happened. I was fortunate enough to be in attendance on that That's lone right. win of ours opening night. I wanted to ask you about that. How was that? That was the game against Atlanta. In the last show, I was very upset with you because <laughs> you know, you informed me, even though I had been waiting anxiously for months for you to invite me to that game because I knew you had two tickets. Yeah, it was a you decided presence. not you decided not to, and you took your wife. My wife took me. Your wife got you the tickets for your birthday, and it was up to you to do whatever you wanted with those tickets. Says you. I think that's customary if someone gives you tickets to a sporting event for your no, birthday. No, 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 no. No, somebody buys you tickets, then, then they're the one taking you out, or they're going, they're going to be going with you. It depends. When they when they gave you the tickets, did they say, for your birthday, I'm taking you to a Knicks game? Or did they say, for your birthday, I got you two Knicks tickets? It was it was, it was was a given, okay? It was understood that her and I were going to be going together. I do, I, I'm sorry, Craig. Okay, we'll, well, let's we'll ca- not... We'll catch a couple right. of games together. <laughs> we don't have to relive this. Right, right. How was it? So anyway, it? you know, it was, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. I, you know, I wanted to be in my seat by 6.30. I was in my seat by 6.40, so that was good enough. Did you um, eat you know, like you had planned? You wanted, to, you wanted to eat before. So uh, we took the train and I grabbed a quick bite on the way to the train station. So I ate well ahead of time. Because I don't want to get up from my seat for anything. You know, except to go to the bathroom if I have to. And I'll do that you know, at halftime. I don't want to miss a second of the game. And the great thing is about these seats is you have a waitress. So you don't have to get up for anything. You want any food, you just order it from the waitress. They bring the food over. You, you set up a tab and then you just pay in the fourth quarter. It's terrific. I could have been in those seats where you have a waitress. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it's great. Did you guys order any good stuff while you were sitting there? 
Uh, nothing that great. My um, my wife, she went out to find something better because it's not the full menu. of you Because know, they got real fancy places in MSG, really good food. She came back. She left me there by myself, and she went and got some food. She got these delicious wings with, like, these herbs on them. They were, they were really, really good. Um, but from the waitress, I, I ordered, like, a 25-ounce Bud Light, you know, in this huge can. And, uh, you know, got some popcorn and, uh, yeah, enjoyed the game. MSG was loud, right? MSG was loud. You know, the Knicks set a franchise record in the se second quarter with 49 points, most points ever in a quarter. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, 126 points in the game, which they didn't even do all of last season in any regulation game. Um, and probably, like, my favorite part of the game was probably Alonzo Trier's dunk between those two defenders in the end of the third quarter. It was awesome. Shot clock is off. Hardaway to Trier. Trier drives down and throws it down. Oh, Alonzo Trier. Talk about an exclamation point. From a rookie in his first game in Madison Square Garden. Trier, 6'5", uh, likes to go one-on-one. -on -one. They call him Iso Zone. Rising, surprising them with the nasty stuff. Oh, that was unbelievable. Oh, I did yeah. not know he could get up like that. No, and with the power, you know, that he had. It was, it was great. Well, that's better than how I've been watching the games, Barry. I must admit. <laughs> yeah. I've been getting home late every night from work so i've been having to watch the game like an hour to an hour and a half after they start playing catch-up yeah which is the worst way to watch the game because i cannot stay off of my phone to find out what's going on so i always know what's happened before i see it happen oh i purposely put my phone down in those I, situations i can't i do that but i can't keep it down i i see the knicks twitter updates oh. coming and I just can't, I I gotta know what's I gotta know how many I gotta know I like I I gotta know if Frank is stuck at zero or if he's scored any points you know like oh know. that would ruin it for me <laughs> I gotta find that out wow like once I see Frank has scored a bucket I breathe breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> like we said the Knicks are now one and three three straight losses since that great home opening night win right I mean right. the one one of the good things we can all take away from these losses. Uh, you know, I, I can t see on Twitter, everyone can tell that we have a lot of fight in us. That's right. You know, those three losses were all close games. You know, if you want to take that away from it. Right. We had a very close game against the Celtics. We could have won that. We lost by two. Yeah. A couple of bad calls in that game towards the end of that game. A couple of bad calls and a bad play call by Fizdale with the Knicks down three in the final moments. Fizdale admittedly said... That he drew up a crap play. Cause what what did you want to do on that final play? Oh, I stunk that play up. I drew up, I drew up a crap play for him, but somehow we got three free throws out of it. So that's just what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I drew a crap play. It was terrible. Uh, I told that was the first thing I said to the team. I'm like, I own that. That was a bad play, and I had a, two really nice plays I wanted to look at, and so I own that one. Yeah. So that's what we got. That was the play I drew up. The state play. Yeah. Now, you know, some people were some people were commending him for admitting that and all that. I mean, is that is that is that in the camp that you're in? Do you commend them for admitting that it was a crap play, or do you think he's the coach? He should. He had two great plays. You know, I, right. I agree with him. It's on him. It was a crap play. Come on. There's not that much you have to do besides yeah. rotations and big plays <laughs> in big moments. Yeah, I'm fifty fifty on that. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, I was like, that's really great that he's admitting he drew up a crap play. But then you're like, this was the first important play call our coaches had to make early in the season. Why the hell is he drawing up a crap play? Yeah, this is, I mean, and this isn't even football where there's like so many variables that you got to take into account with, you know, what type of points you need and how many seconds are on the clock and possessions, this and that. I mean, in basketball, it's pretty simple. You know, with limited time on the clock, you know you're down to one possession. You know how many points you need. I mean, you should have that play waiting there in the books just to go execute, a play that you practice, you know, a game-winning type play. Right, like when he was drawing up the play for everyone, was he like, mm, this might be a crap play, but I'm just going to go with it. Or he, he thought it was a good play, and then he did it, and he was like, nah, that was a crap play. I don't understand right. how you drop a crap play. 
You know, either that or he's trying to take the focus off of, uh, you know, Bert, Trey. which, yeah. you know, yeah. Which to remind everyone, this crap play resulted in a heave from like, I don't know, how many feet away was that, Barry? 40 feet away. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, Trey got fouled. Right. Miraculously. Then, of course, he fucking misses the first free throw. So all that excitement went out the window. Right. The devastating part of that game, Barry, not not even the loss, was Kevin Knox going down with that ankle injury. Yeah. He's going to be out two to four weeks. It looked pretty bad when he went down. Yeah. I mean, you see those things happen often enough where you know it could kind of go either way as far as, you know, being a serious injury or, or one that you come back from pretty quickly. And, you know, uh, all signs are pointing that it's it's not serious, which is which is a good thing. Have you noticed with Knoxbury, when, before that ankle injury, he is very, like I know we say he's very smooth on the court, but at the same time, he's very awkward looking, his body movement. Yeah, yeah, somewhat. I mean, he, he was... You know, it's a shame when it happened too, the timing of it, because he was just coming off of that good game against the Nets. Right. Know? So he had 17.6 boards against the Nets, shot seven of 14. That was the like point where we were like, oh, Knox is going to turn it around now. We're going to get right. back Knox of Summer League. <laughs> right, right, right. He's going to get his confidence back, and then this happens. And then, bam, those yeah. goddamn Pumas take him out. Yep. Yeah. But you got to wonder is it the, is it, is it the sneakers? Yeah, I don't know. You know. Who wears freaking Pumas on, in the NBA? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to make a comeback, or, or I don't even know if you call it a comeback. They're trying to enter that world. Not a great start. Here's some sound of Fisdale's thoughts upon seeing Knox go down with that ankle injury. What's your feeling when you're watching it? I mean, how sick did you feel at that moment? When it was, it was, yeah, my, I got a real bad feeling in my gut when he went down. Because uh, where my angle was at, I can see the thing basically hit the floor, roll to the floor. So I knew right away when he stayed down that it was a, it was a good one. Uh, so... You know, I feel for the kid. Obviously, uh, he's had his fair share of adversity already. And that was what I joked with him about. I said, welcome to the NBA. You know, you play like crap, you play great, and then you get hurt. <laughs> That's the roller coaster of, of our league. And so this is good for him. He's going to learn from this. He's going to grow from this and, uh, you know, come back stronger and better. Because Knox went down, we've seen a lot more of Damian Dotson lately, a lot more of Hazonia. Dotson, dude, where'd he come from? He was uh, sort of out of the loop coming in with like the third, fourth stringers. And now he's one of the first guards off the bench. Yeah, he didn't even play at all the first two games. And uh, and then the last two games, he averaged 26.9 minutes per game. Oh, you last got your, year was only averaging You got your 10. stat notebook right there. Oh, Barry. I got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm locked and loaded tonight. <laughs> I forgot to mention, Barry's not just in the bathroom on a chair with his laptop and his microphone. He's got a notebook. Oh, I'm locked and loaded, baby. Locked and loaded. Yeah, zero minutes those first two games. 22 against Boston and then 32 against Milwaukee. And that's a lot of minutes for Damian Dotson. A lot of minutes, and he was productive and efficient. You He's know. shooting six for 13, Barry, from three-point land over those yep. two games. He had 14 points and eight rebounds against Milwaukee. Yeah, eight rebounds. That's, that's great. He's sort of like the forgotten young guy on our team, you know? I think I even tweeted it today. I, I wasn't one of those guys that was, like, screaming out for minutes for Dotson, you know? Um, because, you know, we haven't seen that much of him. I, I knew the guy can shoot here and there and, you know, but... I mean, yeah, he, he looked fantastic. And frankly, we can use another shooter out, out there on the court. What does it look like for the team through four games? Where do they stand amongst the league? We got some good and we got some bad. Um, so let's, let's talk about some good. You know, we, we've been talking about their defense. You know, they've been applying pressure all game long, which we didn't really see last year. There was definitely not only lapses, it was just not there. But these games, whether they're up, whether they're down, they're always putting pressure. I love the full court pressure when we see it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they're fifth in the league in steals. Right. Fizz, um, Fizz is, you know, he's resting guys. Guys aren't playing really long spurts. He's letting them go hard when they're in there. He doesn't want them holding back, saving anything. You know, these guys are playing five, six minutes, and then they're coming out, so they're giving their all. Yep. Yeah, nine steals a game they're averaging, which is fifth in the league. Another very positive stat for them is turnovers. You know, 11.8 um, turnovers puts Adam at, um, 
you know, 28th in the league or, you know, I guess or you flip it around the other way and second best, uh, third best rather, which is awesome. <laughs> and yet <laughs> assists, which you'd like to see, they're last in the league. So what does know, that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? The Knicks just, I guess when you're not passing so, a lot, you're not going to turn the ball over that much. Right. There's you think that. that's playing into it? I think that plays into it. I think the fact that they're not shooting that well plays into it, you know, because let's say they are passing the ball and then, you know, guys are missing shots. Um, and then yet we get some putbacks from Cantor or somebody else, you know, you're not going to get, you know, credit on assists for that. So I think both of those things play into that. Who, who leads the team in assists right now? Trey Burke, 5.3. And the next guy doesn't even have over three. So um, he's definitely doing well in that department compared to everybody else. Damn, I didn't realize he was averaging 5.3 assists. Yeah. A couple of categories, you know, we could be doing better in is, um, you know, blocks per game. We're 28th in the league. You know, mm. I'm not that worried about it because, I mean, KP's sitting there on the bench. Once he comes back, I mean, that number's going to shoot up. Um, again, we don't know when that's going to be and how many games that's going to affect. And Mitchell Robinson, you know, at some point, hopefully he gets some playing time. I mean, the poor guy's averaging five minutes a game. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, you, you want to put him in the G League, put him in the G League. You know, I, I don't know if he's sitting on the bench to watch and learn. I don't know what the plan is going forward. You know, when and if they're going to send him down. Yeah, they got to make a decision on that soon because he's doing no good by not playing in these games. Right. I don't know. Is, if this, has the G League not started yet? That's a good question. Let me see. Maybe? G League. Yeah. How do you even find that out? G League schedule. There you go. Let's see. G League schedule. Okay, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure that G League hasn't started yet. Okay, so there's your answer. There's right, your cause... answer. It's sort of just getting started in a few days. The Westchester Knicks don't have a game until... Friday, November 2nd. Okay. So that's, that's probably, probably what's going it. on there. You know, I'm sure they're going to... He's got to play as many minutes as he can. Yeah, and it, and if it is true that he's going to go down to the G League, I mean, I don't see why... I, I, I imagine they're going to do it sooner rather than later. Mitchell Robinson's played 10 minutes so far. He had a minute against Atlanta. And in that game, he sort of re-aggravated his ankle and then came back in Boston and played nine minutes. Grabbed a couple boards and scored a point. Yeah, rebounds is that other team stat where we're 24th in the league, which is crazy because we've got one of the best rebounders in the game in Ennis Cantor. We're a defensive-minded team right now, and yet we're still 24th. So that's a number that's got to come up, the rebounding. Speaking of rebounding, Noah Vonley's been playing great off the bench. Yeah, he's been doing well. I mean, he's been averaging 8.5 rebounds a game, and he's only been playing 17 minutes a game. So he's been doing great. Eight, eight points, eight rebounds. Right, he's got a 27.32 PER. Yeah, he's been a great surprise. I mean... He he actually for whatever reason Kyle O'Quinn popped in my head um, watching Noah Vonley play, and I realized you know I think this is an upgrade. <laughs> you know O'Quinn definitely was a, a better shot blocker. You know he had a little bit more height on him, um, but Noah Vonley I just think is a lot more dynamic. Um, he moves around. He's unselfish. You know not to say Kyle O'Quinn was you know selfish. He was unselfish as well. But Noah Vonley looks to pass and he looks he looks for the hoop. And I mean. From like either block, it seems like he just can turn around and dunk the ball with those long arms and his hops. Oh yeah, those long muscular arms. Frazier calls him an Adonis all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good baller. Yeah, I think he's a huge upgrade actually from O'Quinn. He's so much more athletic. Yeah, he could dribble. Yeah. Not like he can bring the ball up if no one's around him, but he can he can handle the ball. Barry, through these first four games, how, how do you feel Fizdale's been using the point guards on the team? Trey Burke, Frank, a little bit of uh, Ron Baker. Um, Ron Baker's got to sit down. You don't like Ron uh, Baker. I do like Ron Baker. He bleeds. But it, <laughs> he bleeds. Yeah, and like Frazier said. Player elbow. Did what Frazier say he after bleeds. he was bleeding profusely? <laughs> did he really say that? I know what you said he said. Did he say that? I didn't catch that. Frazier said... When you're hot, the blood squirts. <laughs> squirts. <laughs> Which is the weirdest thing. That is a weird thing to say. I tweeted that out. I said, creepy Clyde. <laughs> when you're hot, the blood squirts. And nobody seemed to like it. So I don't know if I'm the only, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only one who picked up on that. 
Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is I like Ron Baker, but if he keeps getting these minutes, I'm going to start not to like him. I like him in small spurts. I like him to come in and I like him on the defensive end. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like he can never get anything going on the offensive side. Um, he, Although he can handle the ball, he's just not fluid when he does. Like It seems like he has ball control, but he doesn't glide across the court like I would like <laughs> a ball handler to do. And right. as far as the point guard situation... Well, before you get into that, the worst yeah. part, the worst part about Frank starting at the three is Got that it. Ron Baker is our backup point guard. So we have to see him yeah. at some point. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's like there's such a drop-off. Like yeah. it really, like even though I want Frank to start, part of me feels like he might just be better off and the team might be better off letting him just come in for Burke versus having to bring in Ron Baker. Yeah, I like the idea of Nilakina and Burke together on the floor, but I, I want to see Nilakina as our point guard. You know, um, I was kind of on the fence before. I thought Nilakina was versatile enough to kind of play wherever, but I think he is at his best at the point. I think the only way he's going to get better in that spot and improve where his ceiling is the highest is getting his possessions in that spot. We've seen the way that he passes the ball, um, which is great. Um, you know, yeah, once in a while he has like these passes where he does telegraph and turns the ball over, but he also comes out with like these no look passes that are terrific. It seems like he's got good court vision for the most part. I want to see him set the table. I don't want to see him off on the side watching the play develop instead of him starting to develop the play. It's been interesting how Fizdale's using Trey and Frank. Like Trey's been very good at times, right? But I, I think Fizdale, the last game he's been good. The last I mean, game, I mean, he had that one quarter. The game before that, he had the eleven points, nine assists. That's good. He does have a tendency sometimes, or not sometimes, a lot of the time, to bring the ball down the court, do a lot of dribbling. You know, sort of look for his first, look for his shot first, or look for Timmy. Like he does, him and Timmy play a lot together, pass between the two of them. Doesn't yeah. seem like he really sets up the offense well, right? So if his shot isn't falling, if his layups aren't falling, which seems pretty common this early in the season for him, I've you've seen Fisdale sort of put the ball back in Frank's hands, and I like what I've seen from Frank as a point guard out there. Have you yeah. noticed improvements from him versus last season when he's playing the point? Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, he'll he'll look at himself as an option, you know, as a viable option to shoot the ball, which we didn't really see that much last year. Um, you know, I, I would love to see him have, you know, th th there's never been any consistency in a shot. Like a lot of these other guys, no matter who it is on the bench, they'll have like this one game where they'll hit like, you know, three or four three-pointers and a half. We've never seen that from Frank where he just gets on a roll and gets hot. You know, he may have like, back-to-back -back scoring possessions on, you know, a couple of drives or a drive and a shot, but we've never just seen him get hot, you know, and, and I hope that that's there, you know, not, not everybody, every player has that, um, but I do hope it's there because his, his, his form looks good. He's got a smooth shot. Uh, there's a lot of shots that he puts up that look like they're going to go in and they, they, they just bounce out, you know, um, so hopefully they start falling for him. Yeah, I mean, what I've seen from Frank that I love is last season with Hornacek and Hornacek's offense, if there was one. Um, you know, a lot of fans complain that Frank would just bring the ball up and immediately hand it off to someone. This season, I've been noticing so far, you know, Frank brings the ball up past half court and immediately seems like he really has an idea of where to go on the court. Right. And immediately makes a decision. He's either feeding the post, he's setting up a pick and roll. And he's been really effective in the pick and roll situations, especially with Canner. Yeah, and and all this, you know, the, these little things that we're seeing, it's just so frustrating because he doesn't get to do it on every possession that he's in there. You know, it's it's like few and far between because he's typically the secondary point guard on the floor. Right. Basically, what's been, how the game's been evolving is Trey starts off, and he is the point guard. Right. Frank is at the three, and then as the game goes on, and substitutes guys come in and out of the game. Eventually, as the game goes on, just Frank sort of evolves into the point guard again when Trey's not on the floor. And then you finally get to see some, you know, some possessions of him handling the point. Like I said a couple times, coming out in the third quarter especially, Fisdale's put the ball in Frank's hands or if they've been down. 
uh, which is interesting because if you're down, you you think Fizz might lean towards Trey because he's more of a scorer, but he's sort of given the ball to Frank to just get the offense flowing again. Yeah, and it's a shame because you know us us fans who want Frank to do well and succeed, we were all clamoring for him to get more minutes when he was getting in like the low twenties last year, and now so far the first four games he's averaging twenty nine point six minutes, but it's not in the capacity that we want, you know. So he's, you know, again, it's trying to find him to be used in the right way. And hopefully Fizdale will see that. And I think Fizdale's a smart enough guy where, you know, and he, he said that there's imminent changes coming, you know, to this rotation. So hopefully it includes moving Nilakina to a more permanent role and, um, you know, it's at the point. And it's tough, Barry, as a 20-year-old kid, right? He's got a lot of pressure on him. And yeah, he might not be running point, but Fizz is having him play against the best guys on the other team defensively. Yep. Like every game, and not even the best guys. Like he's, I mean, he's starting at a three, but he's still a little undersized to be playing against threes and fours defensively. Yeah, I think without a doubt he's their best defensive player, but that's a lot to give a twenty-year-old. Yep, and I mean, as far as the Knicks, as we said, being fifth in the league in steals, if there was a stat for assist to steal, Nilakina would be leading that category because he's the one that alters these you know, these guys passes to such that the Knicks can intercept it. You know, those long arms getting in the passing lanes, making these guys alter their passes to make bad passes is really what's leading to all these Knicks steals. Yeah, there was a, what was that stat they showed up in the first game? You probably didn't see it because you were at the game. The Knicks last season, when when Nilakina was in the game, were ranked like fourth in the league defensively. Wow. And when he wasn't in the game, the Knicks were ranked like one of the last that's amazing. I mean, that's better than a plus-minus statistic. Who do you think has been playing the best for the Knicks so far? Ennis Cantor has had a double-double in every single game. Yeah, he's averaging 12.3 rebounds, 10th in the league, um, 19 points a game. And, I mean, honestly, on this team, there's not that much talent, so it's probably going to continue. I would, would you be shocked if Ennis had 82 double-doubles? <laughs> I would be very shocked because there's no way he's playing 82 games, number one. Um, but <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, he had like 30-something double-doubles last year. So uh, yeah, no, that's easy. He's going to up that ante for sure. Um, Tim Hardaway, I mean, without question, he's been our star player. 27 points a game. He's 14th in the league. You know, He's just between LeBron James and Kevin Durant. <laughs> just behind LeBron and just ahead of KD in points. He's doing a little bit of everything, Barry. 27 points. He's getting like three assists, three boards a game, one and a half steals. Yep. He's sixth in the league in three-pointers made. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's averaging 37.8%. Um, you know, but again, I mean, he, he, he's a lot of times he's the one to take that last shot, you know, at the buzzer, you know, so obviously that's going to bring that, that percentage down a little bit, especially early in the season when there's not a big, uh, sample size. Right. He's not shooting well. I mean, he's, he's taking 23 shots a game. He's getting about nine to 10 of them. My favorite part about Timmy is that stank face that he makes when it's like a big three to like come back in the game. And I was trying to figure out the other day, what do I like better? Do I like the Timmy shimmy better or do I like that stank face better? Yeah, that's a know. that's a tough one. It is. I mean, if he's doing the Timmy shimmy, you know he's hitting a three to like go up very late in the game. Very, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they're going up big, and he's just on a roll, and like they're they're putting the nail in the coffin. The stank face is when they're climbing back. It's, I'm get, I'm getting kind of annoyed by having to always see Timmy's dad in the stands. Maybe his dad's his good luck charm. You know, if he keeps playing this way, let him dad come to every game. As a Knicks fan, you'll really want to see one of your rivals every single game well i know what game his dad won't be at pride night at msg right well yeah well shouldn't go into that i'll leave it that i'll leave it at that <laughs> alonzo trier craig hmm. how about we're not bring up alonzo trier talking about you know the players that are having great starts so far he's averaging 10.5 points per game which puts him seventh among rookies in the league and knox is actually eighth in points among rookies. So we got seven and eight on the Knicks. Trier had two 15-point games. His last game against Milwaukee, he wasn't all that effective, only got 17 minutes. But yeah, dude, he's averaging 10.5 points, like you said, in just... 21.1 minutes. 21 minutes. Pretty good. He's, he's definitely one of my favorite Knicks. And Absolutely. I never thought I would think that. How about Mario Hazonia, Barry? Got off to a bit of a slow start for the season. Let's pull up his stats here. 
Only got 32 minutes through the Knicks' first three games. Scored 15 points in that opening night against Atlanta. And then the following two games against Brooklyn and Boston had two points each of those games. Hit just one field goal in each of them. And then did you see these comments that Clarence Gaines, he was the VP of player personnel under Phil Jackson, everyone's favorite Phil Jackson. But Clarence Gaines was very uh, responsible for some of the draft picks the Knicks made. Definitely had a big hand in drafting Kristaps Porzingis and Frank Nilakina. Uh, did you see his comments about Mario Hazonia? I believe it was on the Knicks Film School Twitter account. Yeah, I mean, he might have retweeted it. I'm not sure where I saw it, but yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he called him a defensive liability. If you're a New York Knicks fan and wondering why Mario Hazonia couldn't earn court time versus the Celtics with Kevin Knox going down, it's because he's a huge liability as an individual defender. He couldn't match the toughness or athleticism of the Celtics' wings. Love how Damian Dotson competed. <laughs> of course, because he had a hand in drafting Damian Dotson. But anyway, Hazonia responded to that with a little emoji. The, uh, you know that emoji, the laughing and crying? The laughing so hard you're crying emoji. And uh, Hazonia was asked about the, the social media and the whole Clarence Gaines thing. Hazonia said, I'm not a guy who spends a lot of time on social media. I'm not like Ennis Cantor. I don't give a damn about social media. My season is the focus, not the BS on social media. He said social media like 17 times in that quote. That's but bullshit. Just... He's on Twitter a lot. I follow Marizonia. <laughs> he tweets a good amount. Uh, and then not... to fucking throw Cantor under the bus. It was not nice what he said about Cantor. <laughs> no. And meanwhile, once the season started, Cantor's really toned it back big time, which you got to appreciate. You know, Summer, he's having fun. He's doing his thing. He's acting crazy. But... He really toned it back once the season kicked off. You know, he's all business. But his real answer, Barry, was in that next game against Milwaukee. 18 points, four boards, three assists, two steals, shot 50%. He's an active player, Barry. I'm a big fan of Hazonia. Okay. You, what do you think of him? You want to add anything to that for crying out loud? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he can he can do different things with the ball. Yeah, he's not afraid to take it to the hoop. He's not afraid to go coast to coast. He's not afraid to put up the three, you know. Um, he's definitely not afraid to put up the three. Yeah. From anywhere. He's <laughs> got right. that little t-shirt thing. That little t-shirt thing is nice. <laughs> you like that? It's like, I think Anthony Davis wears one, one of those. Yeah, I think my wife said that. Who's the guy in the t-shirt? So, Barry, earlier today, I had the chance to uh, talk to... Yaron Weitzman, who is the Knicks beat writer for Bleacher Report. Sure. I'm, I'm and I know, I know after the last podcast when we spoke to Chris Eisman, you told me you were a little bit a uh, little upset about how we sort of just got right into it. So here's your opportunity, Barry. We're going to ease into the Yaron Weitzman conversation. So uh, yeah. go for it. How would you like to do that? Yeah, well... You know, when, when I think of Nick's it. beat writers, he's like in the, the top six of beat writers that would come to mind, right? Bleacher Report's big time, you know? And, uh, you know, I definitely follow him. You know, he's on my Twitter feed. Always good to see what uh, he has to say. Always adds injects a little humor into some of his tweets. So we're very fortunate to get him on the phone. Unfortunately, I couldn't be a part of the interview. But, um, but yeah, why don't you uh, let it roll, Craig? Yeah, I apologize for everyone if the, the connection isn't great, but, you know, sometimes you got you to gotta make sacrifices. Yaron, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. The Knicks are off to a 1-3 and three start, but it's a hard-fought 1-3. and three. Came back down big against the Bucks and lost. Took the Celtics to the wire. Now, it's normal for teams to fight hard for a new head coach. Is that the case here, or do you think this will be the norm and the team's new identity? I say yes to all, like... I was thinking about this. I think two years ago, oh, we've seen this the past couple of years, right? We, we really see this every year. But like two years ago, what were they, 13 and 10 under Hornacek? And then last year, I don't have it in front of me, but I think they got up to a good start too. Um, so, you know, it's, everyone's playing hard now or looking a little better now. People are trying to go for minutes. Um, the real test will be when the Knicks are 10 games out of the playoffs or maybe because it's the East, maybe just five games out, you know, and it's uh, March and April and are they losing by 30 or are they losing by seven? So 
and that would be the real test. That being said, yeah, sure, why not? I think there's positive that fans can draw from this stuff, 100%. What's the mood like on the team right now? You know, they had that huge opening night blowout win against Atlanta. Three straight losses since then. I mean, you, you see it, right? You can see wins and losses are not the are not what they're judging themselves on, right? It doesn't mean they don't want to win, right? It doesn't mean they're tanking. But you can see Fisdale's actually been really good at this in terms of making it clear that growth is the goal and how players are looking. And, you know, whether they lose a close game to Boston and you see Fisdale kind of criticizing himself or throwing up, I think he said a crap play, right? Is that the... Uh, those the exact words. Yeah. The idea that they're, everyone's trying to get better and look better and they're still searching, you know, I think Faze off said last night, he might make some lineup changes soon. So they're still searching. So that's said, guys like to win, right? Um, but these are professionals and, you know, uh, I don't know. So the mood around the team, that's completely how would you'd expect. So Knox went down with that ankle injury. They're saying two to four weeks for him right now. You think we're looking at two weeks, four weeks, somewhere in between? No, I mean, I mean we don't know anything. Um, I, would just, I would just, you know, the, the betting man would point to the... Uh, longer part as opposed to shorter, right? For just he's young, makes on rushing back. Um, I would be I would expect it to be closer to another month. But that's not reporting and that's just kind of speculation and guessing. That's not what the Knicks fans want to hear, your own. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, there's a, a few other accounts out there you can go get if you want to get what the Knicks fans Tell them what they want to hear. Okay, fine. He'll be, he'll be back in three, four days. He'll be he'll be back to summer league knocks. Everything will be, you know, he'll be Hall of Famer, he's the next coming to Kevin Durant, and we can go from there. Sounds perfect. The team's gotten off to slow starts so far in pretty much every game offensively. Do you think a lineup change is imminent? Uh, imminent? I mean, Fisdale kind of made it seem like it was imminent, right? Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Imminent always, I know what that means. It always seems a little more dramatic than I think this is you know, what this would get out to be. Um you know, Fisdale's changed his starting lineup at the end of preseason. He's made it clear that nothing's set in stone, that he's going to be playing around with a lot of guys. I mean, they're going 10 deep into games, right? So it's not like it's not like this is some set in stone Boston starting lineup that he's been tinkering with. Uh, he needed, we knew changes might come. That said, yeah, I would ex- maybe expect some changes, and I would maybe guess Lance Thomas could be in a little trouble with the starting spot. That's com- Again, that's a speculation, but it's just kind of, I don't know, you guess and you know, looking at what some of the issues are, and as much as I like Lance the person, I just don't think he's a uh, great basketball player. Defense is good, but he just, you know, you got to hold your own on offense, and that's going to help, and he's not really able to do that. You see, they kind of have a little more balance when they play other guys. So maybe him, but again, I'm guessing there, who knows, right? We didn't expect Knox to be out of the sudden lineup when, you know, the game on the regular season started, so we don't know what Fisdale's going by or what he's seeing right now. Let's say you're right and Lance is out. Can you take any guesses as to who might be in? Uh, who would it be? That's a good question, right? I have no idea. Well, uh, who do you think? That's, how about that? How about Mario in place of Lance? It's hard to predict. I mean, Mario, Herzog has been not so good until last night, right? Uh, I don't know how great he is defensively. It's actually interesting. I look at the numbers. Obviously, you have to be uh, careful with the numbers and all that small sample size here, you know, as you kind of look at things a week into the season. Um, the next defense has been good. Their offense has been struggling. So maybe maybe his own is the way to go. I don't know. Uh, Dawson's been great. Maybe I, you can, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility for Fisdale to say, hey, I'm going to reward guys who are playing well, um, not based on names. So, again, I'm not really sure, right? But I would expect some sort of change. And, and clearly he's still tinkering, right? He's made clear. I think I, think I asked him at the beginning of the year. I forget. I can look up the exact quote sometime later. Um but he's made clear, like, I think he said he usually looks at analytics and stuff, but he tries to kind of look at it every couple of weeks to try to get a big sample. So it depends where they're drawing their lines, how they're looking at things, um, who they're bringing out of practice, those teams aren't practicing so hard now, but we don't know what they saw in preseason in terms of lineups and training camp in terms of what they were trying out. So I don't really know, but, yeah, I would I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lineup change. Let's talk about the point guard situation. There have been some moments where Fisdale seems to have pulled Burke when the offense is getting a bit stagnant and decides to put the ball more in Frank's hands, and then the offense just seems to flow better. But other times, Burke is playing really well, like against Milwaukee in that third quarter. Shots falling and everything is great. Is Fisdale still trying to figure out which he prefers to run the point, or does it just depend on who's playing well? No, I mean, I think he's trying to look for somebody to grab the spot, right? I don't think it's him looking for trying to suggest how he wants to play. I think he's kind of giving you guys a chance to earn their playing time, right? Frank, like, yeah, the Knicks would be best off if Frank could be a really good offensive point guard, right? It doesn't look like that's part of his game. I'm a big Frank fan. I'm not saying I don't like him as a player. I just, 
I'm not sure aggression is something you can learn fully, and that's just not his game, right? I feel like his future is kind of a secondary ball handler and knockdown shooter, which would be something he really has to add. Um, Burke is clearly a better offensive player than Frank, but, I mean, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason you see the Knicks had a chance to sign him last year, right? Like, he has the lottery, he has the lottery pick skills, but they're not always put together, put to use in the best way. And he's more of a, he's not really a facilitator, right? He's more of a looking for his own shot guy. We know I, I accomplished a lot of good stuff about Burke's preference for the mid-range jumper, how he takes a lot of that. Think about the last year, this year not. Um, we also know Fisdale doesn't love the mid-range shot, right? Maybe that could be part of it, part of Burke's game. Um, it's a long-winded way of saying, I don't think, it's not that Fisdale is trying to figure out a system. I think he's trying to see who can best energize and win the team. And we kind of knew coming into the year that point guard wouldn't, essentially, wouldn't exactly be the mixed strength, right? Haven't seen many minutes yet from Mitchell Robinson since he returned from that ankle sprain. He had zero minutes against Milwaukee. And I don't know, maybe it was just me, but I think they could have used him down low against Giannis. Yeah, we know he's not right? First of all, Bonley's been good. Bonley's an NBA player, right? Mitchell Robinson is not yet an NBA player. He's a really good pick and a good flyer to take at that point in the second round, early second round. But, I mean, again, you saw in summer league, you saw in the highlights, if you watch that guy run up and down the floor four times, um, you know, you see, you notice that he's not exactly ready to play full-time in the NBA. So, yeah, I wouldn't read really anything into that. I would expect him to spend a lot of time in the G-League once uh, that season gets going on. One of the rookies who's playing real well, the undrafted Alonzo Trier. I know they said they're waiting for his 45 games to be up in his two-way contract before they sign him to an actual NBA deal. Is there any reason for the Knicks to sign him earlier than that? Yeah, no, there's, there's no, I mean, there's barely any incentive to lock him up early. Like, you need those 45 days. Um, that'll take you, I think, like into December even. A lot of times the roster moves kind of make them sell. No, the decisions kind of present themselves by then, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's no, there's no incentive to jump on that. Right now, you have Trier. Um, you can put him in the G League a little bit if you want a time. Give him a little more playing time. You can get shot here. Come December, when the 45 days are off, you make a choice. Um, based on what we've seen, there's no reason to think he won't be a mix for the full rest of the year. But I guess we have to see. Um, but, yeah, there's no reason to rush up that one. You, know, you never know if there's an injury, if somebody gets traded, whatever it is. All the way at the end of the bench, behind Baker, Dotson, and Trier, we got Emmanuel Moutier, who's actually not even getting dressed for these games. What is the plan for him? Uh, plan? <laughs> the plan is, I, I, would, I would imagine, is to let him keep staying on the end of the bench unless he demonstrates that he's ready to play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he, we saw it last year. It's not very good. Yaron, who do you think has been the most impressive Nick four games into the season? I mean, Trier and Vonley just because they're surprising, right? So that's been a pleasant surprise. Trier clearly has an NBA skill in terms of scoring, but that means going forward, who knows? Um, Vonley, I had no idea he could contribute like this. Again, we'll see. The other guy, I guess, is Dawson. Um, Dawson looked good, and their scouts will tell, who told me kind of, you know, last year they liked Dawson. He didn't play well. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. Again, he didn't play well in those opportunities, but uh, he looked good in the past few games, and I'm curious to see how this keeps going. All right, got to ask this last question going out. Any updates on KP? Uh, no, I mean, we're all kind of in the same boat there, right? Just coming back, we don't really know. They kind of keep, it, um, they keep that stuff quiet and themselves, and Kristaps hasn't leaked out anything or spoken to anyone. So, yeah, as far as we know, it's just kind of going to be, I don't know, we'll see, I guess, around January-ish, what the, maybe more of an update around then or get an idea. I'd be surprised if he comes back, but who knows? Yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you, but um, it's just possible to say right now. There you have it, Barry. Yaron Weitzman. Thanks again to him. He said Emmanuel Moutier just isn't that good. And that's why uh, he's sort of been relegated to the end of the bench in well, a black blazer and a t-shirt. He is recovering from a uh, ankle sprain. Yeah, he's well, fine. He? He's fine. And Courtney Lee's fine. I don't know what's going on with Courtney Lee. But Courtney, if you want to come on a show, not a podcast, but a show, or if anybody wants to contact us for any reason, Barry, it's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at hardnickslife. Dash radio listeners on the Nothing But Net channel, I hope we did not cuss too much for you. No, this was uh, Cuss Light. This was Cuss Light. This was not more F-bombs than ever. So, you're welcome. 
You're fucking welcome. It's oh. <laughs> not no fair. need. There's that's no need for that. So unnecessary. I mean, it doesn't offend me, but there's just no need for that. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun to do things when you know you're not supposed to do them. Okay. Right? Makes things more fun. Yeah, I suppose so. Reminder, uh, just again, real fast, we got the Knicks Film School Posted and Toasted viewing party against the Mavs November 2nd at 8.30 in the evening. It'll be on the TVs at Slattery's Midtown Pub, 36th and 8th. 10% of the proceeds for all the beer, alcohol, wine. Barry likes to drink wine. All those sales will go to the Garden of Dreams. Well, not all of them, 10% of them. And uh, that should be a fun time. You can meet us, Nick's Fan TV, uh, the Nick of Time Show, Nick's Film School, Posting and Toasting. We got some games coming up, Barry. We do. We got Wednesday night in Miami. Hopefully yeah, it's that's uh, not Fizdale's too hot down there because we don't need uh, any more blood squirting. Sort of like a Fizdale, uh, Fizdale against his former team there. That's true. There you, go. you got that. That you got Friday against Golden State, which will be embarrassing. Yeah, but um, we'll get to see our future get Nick Clay Thompson in the flesh, That's right? No, KD. <laughs> right, I'm just kidding. Could be KD. Clay, Clay's Could be not Clay. going anywhere. Clay's not going anywhere. Well, we'll see. Kevin Durant's getting the hell out of Dodge. You think so? Yeah, he's coming. He's coming our way. Hey, I, I, if they if the Warriors win a championship this year, I don't see what he would have to lose. Exactly. And then Monday, we got a rematch with those Brooklyn Nets. Now, if we truly believe, which um, in my heart of hearts I do, that if Golden State wins another championship, that Kevin Durant's going to come to the Knicks. All right? And I'm just going to say it over and over because I want to speak it into reality. Does that mean that I should root for Golden State to win it all this year? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I got to know, you know, I got to know where to put my... Uh, my Dude, I feel up. like I've been rooting for Golden State for the past several years in the finals. See, like, normally I don't because, I, you know, I want to see some new blood in there. You know, I don't, I don't need to see these dynasties. But, like all um, these times when the Warriors are playing the Cavs, you're not rooting for the Warriors? No, I, I, I don't... Well, leading up to that, I don't want the Warriors or the Cavs in there, you know? So when it gets to the finals, I'm just watching the finals. There's one thing I care about in the playoffs when the Knicks are out of it, and that's LeBron losing. I don't care about <laughs> anything else. So, Right. But, yeah, I mean, if that's going to lock you know, or sway Kevin Durant to the Knicks, let's go Warriors. Let's go Warriors. Not Friday night, but, <laughs> you know. I mean, even Friday night. If, that, if, if Friday night's win against the Knicks has any impact on them going to the finals, then I want the Warriors to win. You're going to pay extra close attention to his interactions with the Knicks, uh, the Knicks players that night? Any side conversations? That will be interesting to see how he and Cantor... Cantor claims to be like best friends with Durant, and I feel like that's a total BS. I See, I think you read that situation and that comment all wrong. Like, I don't think he literally meant best friends. I, I think, like, it was a, a saying, like... Oh, that guy over there. Like, if I see somebody over there, oh, that dude over there has got Starburst? He's my best friend. Because I want some fucking Starburst. He's not literally my best friend. You, you read that whole thing wrong. But I let you roll with it because I didn't want to take your moment. And then Monday, we got Brooklyn, Barry. Rematch with Brooklyn. Time to, uh, to get that win back from them. The next, it's a hard Knicks life, guys. It's going to be next Wednesday morning. You'll get it. We'll record it Tuesday night. You'll get it Wednesday morning. Barry, what's your prediction for the Knicks record the next time we're talking? Uh, so three we got games against Miami, three more Golden games. State, and Brooklyn. Uh, we're going to be two and five. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're on to something. We, I mean, we're not going to fucking lose two games to the Nets in the span of a week and a half. It's just not going to happen. If it does happen, do you know what that is, Barry? That that Fisdale gets fired on Tuesday. <laughs> you can't oh, you let got... that happen, dude. If the Knicks lose to the Nets, what is it? Oh my God, who? What? Jo- Joel Harris? Is that his name on the Nets? That Barry, just... I'm trying to set you up to say it is a hard like Knicks crazy. life. Oh, oh, to go end ahead. It to close out the show. 
Oh, let's do this one more time, everybody. Hey, Barry. Hey, Craig. What's if up? If the Knicks lose again to the Nets, what kind of life is it for Knicks fans? I don't know what you want me to say. No. <laughs> Yo. Oh, it is a hard Knicks. Oh, man. It sounded like that was really creepy. That was creepy Clyde right there. <laughs> it is a hard Knicks life. Give it to me, Barry. It's a hard Knicks <laughs> life. Until next time, guys, it is a hard Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. Okay, I mean... Who? It's a hard Knicks life. All right, enough. Barry, you only, we only have to say it once. It's a hard Knicks life. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.